Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, my name is Kelly Brownell. I'm the director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. Our guest for the second of two podcasts is Professor Mike Dobb, director of the Public Health Advocacy Institute at Curtin University in Western Australia and a real pioneer in work against tobacco. Uh, Mike, I'd like to talk to you and follow up on what we discussed in the first podcast, which in which you mentioned this issue of plain packaging on tobacco, which has been a real breakthrough in, in Australia, and I think really could lead the world to doing similar things as well. But could you quickly explain what we mean by plain packaging? And then I'd like to discuss a little bit about how you got to that point. Sure. Plain packaging is the tobacco industry's worst nightmare come true. It means the government taking entire control of the pack, so there is no tobacco promotion or livery whatever on it, only big grizzly warnings, warning information from the government, quit light number, and in very small prescribed font, the name of the brand, all against a backcloth, colouring research to be as repellent as possible. So no logos, no bright red colours for Marlboro, none of that at all? Nothing at all, nothing except what the government prescribes, and whether the brand name is Marlboro or anything else, it's got to be in the same small font exactly as prescribed by the government. So it really does turn the cigarette pack from being a fashion accessory to being something that adults and kids do not want to be seen around. And you said the tobacco industry fought very aggressively against this. In my 40 years in tobacco, I've not seen tobacco companies fight anything more ferociously. Now, they fought it for two reasons. First, because once it's been implemented in one country, other countries will follow. New Zealand's already says it's going to follow. Other countries are going to follow. But also because they know it will have an impact. There's research evidence. There's evidence from their own documents about how important packaging is to the tobacco industry. It's marketing. It sends out a signal about the product. It makes the product attractive. And it's so important for the industry, whereas grisly plain packaging, especially in the context of a comprehensive approach, when there's no tobacco advertising elsewhere and there's public good public education, plain packaging sends out a signal that these are lethal products. So they hate it, they've fought it absolutely ferociously, and they've lost. Now, you're, you've been one of the central figures in pushing this forward. Can you explain some of the steps that occurred and how the victory ultimately took place? I think I need to give credit straight away to the health minister, Nicola Roxon, who accepted the recommendation and then drove it through. In almost any public health move, if you get a strong, determined health minister, that's the key. So in Australia, the then new government established a National Preventive Health Task Force chaired by Professor Rob Moody. We were charged with recommending a national prevention strategy I was deputy chair and chaired the tobacco committee. We recommended a comprehensive approach, including plain packaging. We consulted very widely. We produced an expert report. Those recommendations went to the government. The government considered that. They decided that tobacco was so important that they implemented pretty much all of the recommended strategy, including plain packaging, and then they stuck with it against everything that the tobacco industry could throw at them. They stuck, stuck at it through massive lobbying, public relations, 
dirty tricks campaigns, astroturfing, you know, funding phony groups, all kinds of tobacco industry activity, activity designed to undermine the health minister, to deny the evidence. They still stuck with it. They got bipartisan support. The health organizations all lobbied very strongly for it. And uh, the tobacco industry lost and lost big in the parliament. Then they tried to fight it in the law courts. They lost and they lost big in the high court. And so as of December the 1st, we have plain packaging and it's wonderful. You know, shortly after plain packaging was introduced, I wanted to buy some packs for a photo shoot. So I just went to the local supermarket and there was a young woman there who didn't know me from whatever. And I asked her for one of those packs and she opened the uh, door, the, the, the drawer, because you can't have packs on display. She opened the drawer, she did about 20, took out a pack, gave it to me and said, they made me quit. Wow, what a statement. So we're getting anecdotal evidence. We're getting smokers saying they think cigarettes in plain packs taste worse. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence about the impact they're having and as I said earlier, we know from the tobacco industry tobacco industry reaction that they fear it more than anything else now that we're doing. Are they doing things to preempt this from occurring in other countries? Oh, they're fighting it vigorously because it's being proposed in New Zealand where the government's going with it. Currently, there's a major debate in the UK where the government has a discussion paper and the tobacco industry is running with all the dirty tricks, all the dishonest arguments they ran with in Australia, but more because they've learned from it. But of course, this is an industry that will stoop at nothing. So they'll lie. They'll come up with phony surveys. They'll try and convince you, you know, in Australia, where there's a minimal illicit trade, we were told it was going to cause massive illicit trade. We were told it was going to cause, and I kid you not, uh, 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 crime amongst Chinese crime gangs. Uh, we had all kinds of crazy stuff we were telling. They even argued that by some distorted reasoning, it was going to encourage people to smoke more. They varied their arguments. At times they said that uh, it was going to put the tobacco industry out of trade. Oh, sorry, the uh, retailers out of trade. And then they said it was going to make people smoke more for some reason. So they used any argument they could. They'll use legal arguments. They'll throw as much money as they can at it. What does that tell you? It tells you that this lethal industry absolutely fears plain packaging, and that has to be a strong recommendation to anybody concerned for the public health. How important was the press? Press, very important indeed. Worrying at times when they ran with tobacco industry lines, but they soon learned, as they have done in the past, that the tobacco companies lie. So most of them didn't run with those. Press, enormously important in presenting the evidence, in presenting the views of so many health and related groups about the benefits of plain packaging. I can't tell you how important a free press is in the promotion of public health. Good. Well, thank you so much for sharing this experience. It's, it's a remarkable accomplishment. It took place over a relatively short period of time. So congratulations to you and your colleagues. Well, can I just say again, the people I think who deserve the credit are the minister who ran with it, her colleagues, the press you've talked about, 
and all the health organizations and campaigners who worked so well together. But it does show the art of the possible. Good. Well, thank you again. Our guest was Professor Mike Dobb, Director of the Public Health Advocacy Institute at Curtin University in Western Australia. If you'd like to hear other podcasts and get a variety of other sources of information on food and food policy issues, please visit our website, www.yalerudcenter.org. Thank you.